and welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Zerner, one of the managing partners at We Family Offices, and welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. Today, we're going to spend some time with Matt Farrell. Matt is the head of our investment team, and we're going to uh, spend time drilling down into the hedge fund world. Uh, I guess, Matt, for starters, first of all, welcome. And for starters, I'd like to really ask a very high-level question, which is, uh, from Wee's perspective, what's the role of hedge funds in uh, a portfolio for for a family? I mean, how how should they think about what the role is? Yeah, I think uh, hedge funds can serve a variety of roles, and it really depends on the client. And so hence the, the really the need and emphasis on customizing a hedge fund portfolio based on the client needs. But big picture, I think it can serve several roles, first being diversification. Generally speaking, hedge funds offer um, a low correlation to traditional asset classes. So there's a diversification benefit. So in other words, when the market in theory goes down, hedge funds may could potentially go up or maybe just not as down as much as the broader market. So a nice diversification benefit. Another rationale could be just for a differentiated return stream. So just an alpha seeking strategy, looking to add a little juice to the portfolio, but with differentiated return streams that you cannot capture in the market. See, within just regular public markets, you're somewhat limited to publicly traded securities, whereas within hedge funds, you can use everything from publicly traded securities, but also derivatives and just exotic return streams that are really additive to the portfolio. And and so so I heard differentiated return streams, right? I heard diversification. Um, what about in terms of potentially smoothing smoothing the ride? Sure. So yes, in, in addition to diversification and alpha generation, we're just reducing volatility overall. And that is can be achieved a variety of ways, but generally speaking, it could be due to both long and short positions. Uh, so basically your directional wanting stocks to go up, but also stocks to go down. So on a, on a net basis, you can be market neutral or, or just slightly biased one to the other. But overall, that just reduces the volatility. And so whenever you take into account the returns, uh, in addition to the volatility, it makes for potentially an, a, an attractive risk-adjusted return stream. And with respect, Matt, to, to portfolio construction, um, so what differentiates hedge funds from traditional mutual funds or other uh, traditional investment accounts are two things. One is uh, the fee structure, uh, which is different. Uh, it typically has a management fee and a performance fee associated with it. And two is the fact that they can go long uh, and they can go short. Uh, so when you think about the fact that they're more expensive and they're more complex, yes, they bring the benefits of diversification. They bring uh, the benefits of smoothing the ride. But how would you think about sizing uh, hedge funds? Obviously, it's customized for every individual family. But you know, as a general rule, Right. What what would be a meaningful but not too large uh, uh, of an allocation to hedge funds in someone's portfolio? Sure. So I think a, a decent baseline recommendation is somewhere around 10 percent. Um, again, I think it's important to consider the investor's broader portfolio because within their public or long only slice of their portfolio, they're going to have stocks and bonds and you know funds as well. 
And so you have to consider that in the broader context and, and the way the makeup of your hedge fund portfolio looks in terms of what percent and equity related versus credit versus, you know, other asset class or, or return streams. But, you know, generally thing, generally speaking, I think 10% is a meaningful position that to have an impact and that can be scaled up or down depending on the client, but also it can be managed throughout the course of an investment cycle. So for example, you know, I think there's a lot of uncertainty right now. You know, volatility has has dampened recently, but I think we could expect more volatility going forward as we, uh, you know, try to project what's happening with inflation and interest rates and, and potentially a recession of some type. Just with the uncertainty, that should bring an element of volatility as well. So, you know, in theory, you should scale up your hedge fund positioning during these times of dislocation. And then conversely, during the early part of a economic cycle, when there's an when an expansion phase, you know you can tamp down the hedge fund portfolio and be more passive in nature. So, you know, two takeaways: one, it depends on the client's broader portfolios and their needs and their sensitivity to drawdowns. Because, you know, if they're highly sensitive, maybe you know scale up that hedge fund portfolio that can reduce you know the the downturn. In your mark in your portfolio and then secondly it depends where we are in a market cycle so so one of the other differentiating factors matt about hedge funds is not just their fee structure and their ability to go long and short but it's also their liquidity uh, and while not quite being like private equity investments where you're locked up for uh, you know, five to 10 years or more, uh, they're also typically not daily liquid where you could sell them tomorrow. Uh, just your thoughts on the illiquidity component uh, of a hedge fund. Sure. Again, that should be tailored to the client and liquidity needs and, and comfort level and having a, a semi-liquid uh, segment of their portfolio. But it really ranges in terms of the liquidity of the hedge funds. Some are weekly, others are annual, and some have multiple year lockups. But let's say just for conversation's sake, generally speaking, you can see quarterly liquidity. Generally, there's a soft lockup of a year or so, and then you can get your capital out on a quarterly basis. And, and there's fund level gates, meaning if there are redemptions that exceed a certain percentage, then they can restrict redemptions. And so it's typically you see those requests for redemptions during periods of dislocation at, at probably the exact times when investors should not be redeeming. But you can see that, you know, potential for run on capital. And so you have expectations of getting your capital out on a quarterly or annual basis, whatever it may be. But if those gates are enacted, it, it becomes illiquid. So you really need to be comfortable uh, in theory with having that capital locked up. Right. So that that ties it back to the importance of connecting your overall cash flow, your overall uh, leverage situation, you know, what you've committed in private equity, how much could potentially be called. It all connects when thinking about building a portfolio and including hedge funds. OK, last question, Matt, uh, on sort of the, the, the basics of hedge fund investing. But, you know, a hedge fund is not a hedge fund is not a hedge fund. Right. There's you talked about uh, one of the things that differentiates hedge funds is you you get access to maybe return streams uh, that you might not be able to get access to in the public uh, only long only markets. But maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the categories of hedge funds and what each one really is seeking to achieve. Sure. And we could get very granular, but I'll keep it relatively high level. But the way we think about from, from main categories, you have your equity bucket, and these are generally just long and short equity strategies. And these can even 
have multiple different approaches as well, whether it's fundamental. So basically stock picking, it could be quantitative in nature or algorithmic. Uh, but generally speaking, they're long equities and short equities. And on the short side, it can just be index for hedging purposes, or it can be single name alpha short positions. And then next we have credit. And this can really have you know broad uh, different approaches, but generally speaking, there's a, a long and short credit bucket and you know similar to the equity side, but doing so within bonds. Um, but it also also could range from distressed credit to uh, structured credit. Again, there's a lot of different approaches. And then we have global macro and global macro trades across equities, bonds, currencies, rates, commodities. Um, typically opportunistic and broad mandates, but it could also be just fundamental in nature. So taking the general mar market or macro inputs and projecting forward and, and taking a position, or it could be systematic and quantitative in nature as well. Um, and then we have event-driven, which, you know, your, your thesis is there's some kind of catalyst, whether it's across equity or credit or somewhere in between, um, that you're expecting some kind of event and catalyst that'll be a, a return generator. So it's an event-driven bucket. And then, you know, you can have kind of a catch-all within multi-strategy. Multi-strategy can be just what it says, multiple strategies within a single fund across some of the other strategies that we mentioned, or it can just be a very broad opportunistic mandate that you're just trusting the manager and their skill set to get you a quality return on, on your capital. Great. Thank you, Matt. That was a very helpful overview. I, uh, we'll leave it here for today. Our next episode, I think maybe we'll take a look at hedge funds and look at how the last uh, 18 months uh, and what's happened uh, with interest rates and changes in the broader global macro economy and capital markets have affected hedge fund investing and how investors need to be thinking about hedge fund investing going forward. Good to see okay. you, Matt. Thank you.